Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody, to the Board YouTube channel for Pick and Roll, the basketball betting and discussion show that goes live every weekday around this time, 11.20 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, we hope you guys have been enjoying the content so far this season. If you have, please make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Help us on the road to 1,000 subscribers and make sure to hit that thumbs up button. It does go a long way to supporting the channel, helping us get on some more recommended pages. And today, as usual, we'll go through the recap, the unfortunate recap, including a hook from yesterday. We'll go through the official picks from today before discussion pieces surrounding many things. We'll talk about the Raptors and how they potentially hold the key to this trade deadline. We'll be talking about Cam Thomas briefly, and also we'll touch on the Miami Heat that just completed a trade about five minutes before we got started here in uh, something that seems not significant, but could have some extra significance with the more information that we get. But we will pull up the record from yesterday, and unfortunately it is an 0-2 day. We're hoping to get a bounce back day with two official plays coming later today. Uh, really, really unlucky with this Kawhi Leonard play. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets kept this one close for a lot of the game, which hopefully would have suggested a bit more from Kawhi. Kawhi was a little bit slow getting going overall. I mean, it was just like a, a consistent game for Kawhi. But unfortunately, this is a loss by the hook. Um, three in a row that have been hooks have all come as losses, unfortunately, uh, Pips, does this game, I mean, I feel like this could have easily cashed. What did you think watching it? Yeah, it was the first half. Kawhi played 14 minutes. It was like, okay, this, this game, we're going to win easy. We're going to arrest our best players. Kawhi, I think six minutes into the second half, he had eight field goal attempts out of 65 of, of, of the Clippers. And that's like, 15% usage, and he's usually a 30% guy. And then when he, he was like, okay, I'll now need to start just cooking. And he went from the, like four straight possessions to, to shoot. Like he was just aggressively took over the ball. Like uh, Morris was ejected in the first half. half mm. So they started Reggie Jackson in the second. And now that was also a huge problem because like Kawhi would pull stop and Reggie just couldn't throw and enter his pass like five times, like straight and just Kawhi just was was like, okay, like if I need one to shoot, I'll take the ball in the half court and bring it my by myself and go to score. And he did exactly that. And then he got benched because they couldn't stop, <laughs> like couldn't get a stop. Came back in the fourth, and yeah, it was he was great in the fourth. He scored nine points in 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 eight minutes, but it wasn't enough. We got another hook, and he missed a layup. Like he missed a layup in 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 the last like two minutes of the game for a win, and yeah, that one hurts. And they didn't foul him; they fouled Paul George. He also didn't shoot technical free throws. Paul George did everything. Went to the Paul George part because and he also was taken away like 
a lot of things went wrong for him to stay only by the hook under this one. Yeah, it's so when I made this this sort of counter here, I was hoping it would show that like it'll typically balance out, and and not to say that it won't or a large sample size it wouldn't, but it is unfortunate to have the one in four record on the hook counter since we began counting on this, and uh, three in a row that have been hooks have all been losses. So it's it's a little bit unlucky in that sense, but uh, all we can do is is accept it and hopefully find some more winners today. Unfortunately, the other play as well uh, was a loser yesterday as we go to the Bucks game where Giannis never really got going as the sort of superstar player that he is. Drew Holiday was consistent here. Giannis, I mean, he was fine. It just wasn't an exceptional sort of Giannis game uh, despite the Bucks performance. What, what did you make of this one? I don't agree with that. Giannis scored 24 points in 22 minutes. Like, that's on oh, pace. Oh, the minutes 40. thing. Okay, I didn't yeah. look. He played 30, 13 minutes in the first half for whatever reason. Like, it wasn't a foul trouble or anything. He just oh, wasn't on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, oh, he's great. See, yeah. 22 minutes, 24 points. Like, oh. if it's his 36 minutes, it's his on pace for 40-plus points. Yeah, it was just a rest night for him, both him and Kawhi. Was it? Uh, was it? It wasn't foul trouble. Yeah, it wasn't. Like he oh. just played thirty minutes in the first half. Like, yeah, ah, so those I, are I, tough. Yeah, I, I just also Kawhi Leonard played played only fourteen minutes in the first half. He usually plays eighteen minutes in the first half and twenty minutes in the second. He played yeah. fourteen minutes, four minutes, one point. Like, yes, yeah. But oh I my think, god! I, I actually think great plays last night. Both were like great. Like one of the best of the last couple of weeks, but yeah, like that's uh, that's that, that's that, that that's definitely a couple of bitter ones to swallow there. But uh, like I said, all we can do is try to amend that today and get back yeah. on track today. Uh, so, yeah, want want to try to put it away, but it it, it 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 has been like three weeks, tough weeks that we lost ten units, but like. If you just count like the last three or four bets that we lost, it was like that's eight unit swing or almost ten unit swing. So yeah, it like happens, but not not great. I think I also think uh, the line got a bit sharper, and every like also if you compare it to like two years ago, it's unbelievably more difficult. Like two years ago, pro betting was like easy peasy. And now they said the line's sharper. And I will just talk a minute about this because I think it's interesting for everyone that follows. Yeah. So if you have, like, player averaging 25 points a game and in the, without any change in condition, if it's a difficult matchup, he will get the line 24 and a half. If it's a great matchup for him, it will be 25 and a half. That was, like, two years ago. And that was, like, small edge that's, like, easily, like, overtaken. Now... We get same player, like, I don't know, for example, now, but I, I know for a fact some players, like Trey Young, would have, like, 24 and a half in a difficult matchup and 28 and a half in a good matchup. So they are just, like, adjusting way, way too much, way more than they used to. So if, like, before we had, like, one point, like, 24 in a that difficult matchup, 25 in a positive matchup now we get 24 in a like difficult matchup and 28 in a positive matchup and when his regular line should be like 26 and a half so they are adjusting way too much and also like there are so many 
big accounts on Twitter with huge followings that are, that that will attack the opening lines. And not only that they will bet it, they will post it on Twitter and their followers, like thousand people will bet over weak opening lines. And these opening lines are, as we all know, like the, the like the reason book is made so much profit because they are they will only allow like quarter of a unit to bet on like this opening lines have like 25 to 50 dollars like limit mm-hmm. so no one can get even half a unit on it but they move the lines because so many people will bet it and like before the show starts almost every line that was good an opening line will be like gone yesterday I was going through the slate and every player that made sense, Jordan Poole had minus 140, Shea had a minus 140, they're always at minus 45, like area of these players had like super, they didn't move the line, they made it super juicy so that player was still like, okay, we can get this line, but they don't realize like recreational better, they don't realize like getting minus 140 is like not a great idea, like that's that you need to be at like 60% for it to, to be a profitable. And, and the problem with those openers as well is that like, like, like for the show we do, we can't give out something on an opener because then only like, like 20 people would be able to get it before it moves so far off. So yeah. it's a bit unfair as well to kind of post that as a, as a play or get that yep. as a play on a show because like n- nobody's really going to be able to bet that for, for yep. these ones. A lot the live viewers can, can pretty much always get the the lines that are that are picked here so um keep that in mind but uh what what have you kind of changed any of the strategy given the fact that you feel the lines are sharper or uh is it kind of status quo for you just trying to find the edge in some other spots and yeah it's it's more like betting saying a parlay to, to get the volume and also a bit more later betting because they add some bench players like in like like I don't know like two hours three hours two hours before the game starts and those lines have bigger limits because they are added like to add already liquidity in the mar in the, in the, in, in this slate and those guys like are new to the lines and they'll take can make mistakes there probably maybe a bit bigger then on like LeBron, they like if you have a line for uh, like, for example, like I don't know, like Giannis, uh, they're like before the show starts, it's difficult that it still has value because if it's some obvious mistake, everyone will crush it. Yeah, very, very understood. Big. Understood. Yeah. Well, let's hope to try and circumvent this stuff today with the two picks. One of them is is a straight player prop. One of them is a same game parlay. Well, they're both in the Hawks at the Pelicans game. First of all, we're going to the straight one on Clint Capella. Looking for a big night from him. So we have Capella to get double-double, which is plus one, 105 at uh, Trendle. So I just think that this is amazing value. Last game uh, against the Pelicans, Capella had 21 points and 19 rebounds. That's Almost the same lot. lineup. It, it was only it was only uh, Zion playing that he's not today for the Pelicans, but CJ was playing, Brandon Ingram was playing, Jonas Valanciunas was playing, like everyone was playing. So it's a pretty same matchup. Only I think we can get a bit less minutes from 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 Capella 
he had it was a, it was an overtime game, but he still had I think 17 and 12, 17 and 15 like in the regular time. So it's still amazing, amazing. And also Clint Capella had some like when he was coming back from the injury, he had some low minutes game. But when he's like playing like over 24 minutes, he catched this line last 14 out of the last 15 games. And Pelicans also struggle against the, the bigs that can that, that can rebound and that can offensive rebound and that are low threat. And with Dejounte Trey both being capable, I would say actually Trey is the best lob thrower in the entire league. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, and with with Trey and Dejounte both being able to to throw that, also Bogdan is also capable. So we we have, we have a couple of guys that are able to to get the ball to the Clint Capella, and we had like Daniel Gafford getting twenty one points, Rudy Gobert having seventeen points, both also cleared the rebounds and got the double double. So I think we could be like down to the great game for Clint Capella. So good stuff there. First one is the Capella on the double double. A lot of reasons. I mean, I don't have a ton of like I love Jonas Valanciunas. I don't have a ton of faith in his defense, especially against a player like yeah. this. Let's move into the second play. Like I said, also in the same game, this is the same game parlay with Ingram and Hunter as the focus. So I'll just say like Ingram. I'll, okay, I'll first read the, read the bet. So we are betting Ingram over twenty one and a half point combined with DeAndre Hunter over eleven and a half point points. So Brandon Ingram, he is like our last two games. He had 26 against the Mavericks and 35 against the Los Angeles Lakers. And the previous game, he had 16 points against the Denver Nuggets, but he shot five for for 17. So like if he made like 10 more buckets, he's still under 50% from the field. But the good thing is he had a three days of arrest. He also shot above. 500 in the last two so the volume was always there in the first three games back but he shot all three games before below 40 percent and now he had two straight games uh above 500 shooting so that's amazing he also played some big minutes 36 minutes in the last game so i'll just say like in the first two months of, of the season he had um he had average 27 percent uh, usage, offensive usage, 27%, and he averaged 21 points. So he uh, uh, averaged 21 points on 27% usage. Mm-hmm. And now, since he came back, his usage is 38%. So, or, or like, 11 more percent of usage offensive. Like, that's like six, six to seven more field goals attempts. Average more minutes and getting like the Hawks matchup that do single cover with drop coverage and he's allied in, in the mid-range. And Hawks are the best spot-up defense in the league. He doesn't shoot much spot-up, so he just got in, get inside, get to the foul line, shoot over. And they actually played this season. And 
that was probably the worst game of the season from Brandon Ingram. He had uh, 16 points in a game where he shot 7 from 23. And that was the game but then where Zion was playing and Zion took like over 20 field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. So without Zion and with him having so, such a huge usage, I think we could see like 25 field goal attempts for Ingram, 5 to 6 like free throws. So he should be able to cover this line pretty easily with that kind of usage. And also single cover and the other hunter with when he i mean they need hunter on the floor like 36 minutes tonight to defend cj and 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 ingram and hunter when getting minutes he just like when he get 20 or 28 or more minutes he's already slime like 85 percent of the games and with heavily with them heavily focusing on on trey young and dejonte on drives, I think we will see from like couple of great looks for for the Andre Hunter on the on the wings, and also over the last two games, Hunter scored 26-20. He had in a blowout against the Phoenix Suns. He had 15 points. He like he's on a great, 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 great form and great scoring, and they are going to him more. And they need him for defense. He's their their best defender. Besides Capella, and with the Pelicans being dominated, dominant in like CJ and Ingram, they just need him on the floor, and when he gets the minutes easily carrying this line. Yeah, like both of the spots there. So two plays in the Hawks and Pelicans game. We'll recap them a little bit later on, but we'll now shift over into our discussion component of today. Uh, we'll start off with the more breaking news here, as it's been revealed by Shams that the Miami Heat have traded Dwayne Dedman and a second-round pick to the San Antonio Spurs, who don't know what's coming back in return. I think the assumption here that this one is going to be cash going back, and I think there's two things that we can... One thing that we can definitely assume here, another one that we can kind of assume from my perspective, Miami have just opened up a roster spot where they can also stay under uh, the luxury tax, so that's a big deal for them. And on the San Antonio Spurs side of things, I don't know if this is just they're taking whatever just so they can get that second round pick. Maybe this is center cover for potentially trading Jakob Pertl before the deadline uh, pips. Yep. I know this one on the surface seems like, you know, something very insignificant with Dwayne Denman involved. But uh, what do you think of the the extra forces at play here? So a couple of hours earlier, it came the news that the Miami Heat is trying to, to trade uh, Deadmond, second round pick, and Duncan Robinson, and it seems like no one took a buy. <laughs> no one don't. I don't think anyone in the league wants that contract. Yeah, it's from I Duncan. think 15, 15 million a year for somebody who like doesn't play. Yeah, and yeah, he is not being able to stay on the floor like at, at all. Between being one of the worst defensive players in the entire league. Uh, so yeah, you said it well. I think that they're just. Trying to, stay, trying to stay on under the text and they'll try to get some someone maybe and if they don't get like any good deal they will just stay with with this i don't think they lose anything with with this deal they just yeah. leave like so with i think there is a possibility that jacob is gone and he's actually well i think he's a great player so whoever gets him will improve their their roster so makes sense for for both teams 
Yeah. Nothing Pir- that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Pirtle, the Raptors have had a lot of interest in him in the last, I'd say, couple of years. He used to be a Raptor after all, but he's kind of like that rip protector that the team might be missing. Not to say the Raptors want to be a winning team this year, but maybe something for next season. Uh, we'll touch more on the Raptors in just a second here, but we also want to talk about Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas has been um, balling, straight up balling. It seems like when Cam Thomas gets minutes and he gets opportunities on the court, uh, he has big effect, and this one was no different. Uh, back-to-back games with 40 or more points. He is the youngest player to do that, not named LeBron James. Uh, he, he does struggle to stay in the rotation consistently. This could be maybe some boost to his trade value. This could be maybe him forcing his way into the rotation after Kyrie Irving is gone. Do you think there's a ton of this? Well, obviously, it's significant, but... Uh, what do you think this will do for Cam Thomas and I guess his career here? Yeah, I watched the game, the game, the entire game last night, and I was like, man, like, what is he doing? Like, this is not normal. Like, <laughs> crazy shots, shot making. And every three point shot he took, it looks so ugly and it goes in. Like, I don't like his shooting form at all at the three. And then he gets had some like, like air balls and which is like makes sense for when you look at him how he shot it but his mid-range game driving inside and like he's actually pretty good and like a bit more patient now than he he was before but i will say like inside on on the drives at dream he he showed like he could do a lot of damage and he's i think he's he could be a great player. Uh, he needs just develop a three-point shot and a bit more like focused on defense. Yes. And he, he could be like the guy for like next 12, 13 years to be a sixth man on some decent teams. Maybe even maybe maybe even great ones. Because I just see like like players like I don't know, like Jordan Clarkson in him or, or, or like that's like huge usage guys that's not very efficient but gets the scoring gets the pace gets the tempo yeah interesting. that's the kind of player i see in him that's interesting um for me with canton i i feel like i know he's young but i i think that the defense will be problematic i i, I find that he might see himself in a role where he's on a worse team where he's just kind of got the green light to, to do as he pleases he maybe like, you know, Jordan Clarkson took a while to get to this point as well. Like he bounced around a lot of teams that didn't really find much use for him and then eventually settled in Utah and he uh, became a sixth man of the year. And maybe a, a path like that makes sense for Cam Thomas. But I think he'll ultimately end up being like on these lottery teams where he's got a lot more of a green light because he can score. He definitely can score. And there's, <laughs> I remember earlier in the season, a lot of Brooklyn Nets players were posting stuff like free Cam Thomas. Uh, and things like that, which was, I guess, a, a testament to the dysfunction early on this season for the Brooklyn Nets and how much they've turned it around. But um, I, I think there's a reason he struggles to get consistent rotation minutes for uh, the Nets. I wonder if this will be a player that maybe does get moved to the trade deadline. Uh, I just pulled up the DraftKings odds, which we, we don't necessarily agree with on the prices, but he is listed at plus 100. Now, I... Don't think that's a good price, as we talked about already, but that's what it is uh, at the moment. 
Um, okay, let's move into the big discussion piece for today's show. The Toronto Raptors are seemingly the team that controls everything as it comes to the trade deadline. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj put out a tweet yesterday saying that everything trade discussion wise was going through the Raptors yesterday. OG Ananobi is a hot topic, a hot commodity, as is Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent could get traded. And now reports are also coming out that it could be Pascal Siakam who also gets traded at the trade deadline here. We spoke about this about a month ago. A lot has changed here for the Raptors. What would you say is the right direction for the Raptors to take as we get towards two days from now from the trade deadline? Yeah, that's just that's just like I think there are so many. They are not in a terrible place. Like whatever they choose, they have a team, and they whatever they choose, it makes sense. Like there is not like very very wrong direction to go like if they are if they continue to be like contending for the playoffs that makes sense but they'll never win if you trade a couple of guys and get to the bottom of the of the of the of the east and get good picks that's also they'll get i mean they are drafting pretty good like over the last couple of years i would say yeah yeah. They miss on some guys, but they still get like Barnes, obviously, like be- better than Suggs, of course. So like they get that pretty, pretty good. So I would say, like I, in my opinion, I would like them to finally try to change something and to go to the route that you just t- don't think, but give yeah, give Scotty Barnes reps on ball that he needs to score. He will improve there. Fred Van Fleet finally started playing some great games over the last couple of weeks, but I think they need to move him. I think I will be the first guy to say that Fred Van Fleet will be like my first option now. Gary Trench, I will never move OG Anunobi because I just <laughs> love him. But do they just move him and give them give him the keys of the offense and hope they turn out to be like? Kawhi Leonard, I think I don't think that's realistic. So they should probably also move him. And do you think Pascal Siakam would like to play on a team that will lose like seventy-five to eighty percent of the games in the, in the season? Like, like with the Raptors? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure he's unhappy with the product. And I'm from his standpoint, he didn't make the All Star game. I like. Like a completely unbiased year, 25, 8, and 6 is an all-star if you're not on a team that at the time was seven games under 500. He's got to feel a little bit upset about that. Um, he's trying to he's trying to get to a Supermax contract. He has to make all NBA this season to do that. He's not going to get there because of the Raptors record. I, I'd feel a little bit pressed if I was him uh, for sure. But if he moves to any team that 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 will have a better record, he won't have those numbers. That that that's also true. There's there are talks right now going out about the Brooklyn Nets having interest in Siaka. I'm not sure how concrete of reports these are, but yesterday uh, in in Raptor, the Raptors media sphere, it was hysteria because there's talks between Siakam going to the Nets. The Raptors want Claxton. But if that trade happens, they also have to take Ben Simmons. So we talked yesterday about Ben Simmons a lot and how he's pretty much a zero uh, on the court. 
So there are some apparently some conversations that have gone on with Ben Simmons and Pascal Siakam involved. Now yeah. I feel like the Nets imagine, are not going to trade Claxton, but yeah, go ahead. Imagine like Scotty Barnes and Ben Simmons on the floor. Together. Oh my! Like you <laughs> trust me, I've gone through all these because like Scotty Barnes, the way like he's a good player. But he gets defended like Draymond Green. They don't respect this three-point game. Yeah, I'd say rightfully like, so. Ben they Simmons just avoid him. <laughs> ben Simmons is the same. So if it would be a disaster if you have both those guys. I, I very yeah. much feel like Masai Jiri. I agree with yeah, HDC. Masai's not going to do this. I, I think uh, it would be a great to, to be a three-point shooter next to them. <laughs> yeah, you need yeah, all, you need three great. snipers next to them for that for that yeah. trade to work you need uh oh. as much shooting as you can get which is just not feasible but oh. I, I guess for oh. me from what i think for the raptors og i'd like to keep obviously but if he is genuinely unhappy with his role here which is we, we spoke about this last week if he actually wants a new team then we at raptors get apparently three first round picks for him not great first round picks but still that's a lot of value you can get for him right before you have to pay him in the off season i don't think that's a bad move to make if he's unhappy if he's fine here that's a player you got to keep because if you trade og away you're just going to spend the next five years looking for a player like him and you already have him here and uh, he's still very young for fred vanvliet i mean he's been excellent recently but the fit is a concern and paying him at the end of the season is a bit of a concern how that may handcuff you for the next four years. So with there's a lot of interest, and it seems there is, and he really has peaked at the right time in terms of his trade value, the way he's playing, that's something to explore. I'd like to keep Gary Trent, but if he's not going to resign in the offseason, again, there's some value there. Siakam, I, I still find that one unlikely just because I feel like they're going to ask for a, a lot for Siakam, and I don't know if any team's going to give that midseason, but... Like you said, I'm open to like all possibilities here as a Raptors fan. Like if they want to retool around Siakam and Barnes, that's cool with me. If they want to trade Siakam, retool completely around just Barnes, then that also makes sense to me. In terms of like record, they can't really get much lower. They can go under the magic and be like the fifth worst odds, but they're not going to get as bad as the Rockets, the Spurs, the Hornets, or the Pistons. So it's unrealistic to lose that many games. So there really isn't that much further down to go. All the only way they can really go here is up, but I don't think they're going to want to go very far up here. Um, but um, as Will just saying, the Raptors hold the keys to everything it seems because teams are waiting to see exactly what what they are going to do. I guess for Scotty Barnes because like it could come to a scenario where he is the focal point. How much belief do you have in Scotty Barnes or what you've seen this season? Would like to hear your thoughts from a non-Raptors fan. So I just firstly like wanted to say something else. That's uh, the worst thing I will, um, my opinion, the worst thing the Raptors can do is just trade one player and continue this doing the same. Like, yes. You either go for it or you don't. Like the, I think being like trading only Van Fleet or only Gary Trent Jr. won't do anything for this team. So I would like to probably trade. Like it's okay to leave Gary Trent Jr. in. He's only 24. Like he turned 24, like like a couple of weeks ago. Like he's mm -hmm. he's younger than OG. Like well, two years almost. Like one and a half year. So okay. The second part, Barnes. It's difficult, but I think he had some like his offensive game last season was 
great because teams didn't know how to defend him. Mm-hmm. And now when they started defending him the way they should last season, he struggles. And I think that's the something that a lot of second-year players goes when they are like limited offensively. Like, and I don't know if he'll be able to like be like quick to adjust, but moving Siakam and Van Fleet will for sure help him to get the reps so he can get there. And I think he can get there, but uh, he needs the reps. He needs the reps. Yeah, I think for because it, it's it kind of like a purgatory situation for the Raptors. So I agree they either had like they really if they're going to move stuff, they have to move a lot and completely yeah. reshape the team. And I think fans are prepared for that sort of change. I don't know if it's quite the DeRozan era. It, it kind of is in the sense that they hit their natural ceiling, but that natural ceiling was like a conference final one year. And that was going to game six in that conference final. So they were like right there. And I think they, they gave it enough time, but then after the LeBron, so three years in a row to LeBron, it was like, okay, that's enough. We have to try to get to a new level and go. And they went for a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Now, obviously that gamble really paid off there in this scenario. It's a bit different. This is kind of like, it's not quite as bad as this, but it's like the Rudy Gay years where it, it just isn't clicking despite the talent and a fresh start, a fresh foundation could be exactly what, what we need, uh, what the Raptors need here. And there's a lot of trust from the fan base. Definitely Masai Jiri. He's a pretty coveted piece from a front office perspective. I will also say like when the Rockets were like completely going like to rebuild trade, James Harden trade, everything. Everyone was like, like, it would be difficult to be the Houston Rockets fan, but I was like, you know, it won't. Like, I don't mind losing games. You have young players playing hard and developing, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a fan that hate losing games when you have like super young team, super talented team. Like, if you take a look at this season, like at the Orlando Magic or like Indiana Pacers, like. I wouldn't mind if that was my team. Like, yeah. Okay, they are losing games. They are not great, but I, I love underdogs and young teams. And I love the Hawks when they had like Trey Young, Kevin Quirt, and John Collins. And like they were like a mess and we missed the playoffs the first two seasons. And then third season, they made the conference finals. Like it was and so took, fun. To, and they, to took the Bucks, they took the Bucks to six games too. Yeah. Like it, it was like. Like I will actually, I was like, ecstatic about it. Like young underdog team that didn't have any chance goes that deep. Like it was like great feeling. Like I was like enjoying it, and I was always like, I never like, I'm not the one of the guys that some teams like went on a crazy run, win three championships, and becomes a fan of that team. Like even when, when I was younger, I always liked like that, like underdog mentality, young teams developing players. Uh, good dra- good drafts and uh, getting the guys on like that are not undrafted guys and like I love these teams like OKC this season like it's amazing like they, they could actually make the plane with Shea and bunch of young dudes like come on like he, he, like and everybody likes those sort of teams some, they're, they're sometimes I like these even more than like some team that will like Brooklyn Nets go and win like with Jake with Kyrie, KD, and Harden. Like, so I'm not uh, as a fan of 
sport I'm never like against going to just trade every every everyone and just start over. It's cool. It's interesting. It's fun. I, I think what what's nice about it is the freedom and the limited expectations where okay you miss the playoffs whatever but wow you make a run at it this is fun they're playing well everybody's kind of playing for each other it's a it's a real unit there whereas the nets are under such a big weight of their own expectations i mean there's good to both because the nets are in a serious position where they can win a championship maybe maybe not now because of the trade but we'll see what else they can do in the next couple of days but but yeah, I mean, I, I've been through pretty much all the eras of the Raptors. You know, we can go back to the Bargnani days where it was hopeless. Then we go to 2013 with Rudy Gay where it's kind of broken. Then you trade away Rudy Gay and all of a sudden become really good. We were that underdog team, that young team, that up and coming team. Then you get to that next point where you're under the weight of all those expectations. And then finally, you push through, you make the big trade and come to the NBA championship. And I think we've come full circle on this Raptors core to start fresh, but a lot of trust in besides Jiri. Uh, ACC say he got to trust the guy who got anything for Andrea Bargnani when they traded him to the Knicks. And also the Grievous Vasquez trade, which I talk about a lot, which got the picks that got uh, Grievous Vasquez traded for the in exchange for the draft picks, the draft rights to Norm Powell, and the pick that eventually would become OG Ananobi. Grievous Vasquez was out of the league a year later. So a lot of trades, big trades like that. We'll trust Messiah with that. But uh, if he trades for Simmons, all my faith, um, all my faith in him goes away if he actually makes this trade for Ben Simmons, as uh, I feel like it is unlikely, though. But uh, a lot of fireworks next two days coming for the Raptors. All right, enough on that. We'll wrap up the show here. We'll go to the recap of the two plays for today. First of all, we have in the Hawks-Pelicans game where both plays are going to be featured. We have a Clint Capella double-double, which is plus 105 at FanDuel. Further down, we have Brandon Ingram over 21.5 points, paired with DeAndre Hunter over 11.5 points, minus 110 at DraftKings. DeAndre Hunter, his point section, it will be in the second section on the 12-plus line, just so everybody is aware. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to the show. Let's hope to bounce back today with the picks. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the full episode, listening to the discussion piece as well. We both enjoyed doing this. We'll be back tomorrow for more of the same, more official picks, more discussion pieces, and maybe we'll see some more trades happening today for us to voice our opinions on. But until then, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you again. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, the board, for more content like this once every weekday. And also make sure to hit that like button to help us get it to more recommended pages. Thanks again, guys. (laughs) 